in a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Hello there, and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name's Christopher Brown. Okay, today we're going to talk about the werewolf and the yeti. And I was watching, um, I was watching the Jake West uh, Video Nasties box set just for a bit of inspiration about talk to the film. Uh, if you've got it, they go. They have like little introduction in the trailers for all the Video Nasties. And I was watching Emily Booth who is, uh, well, if you're in the UK, you probably know her from things like the Horror Channel and various TV programs in the in the late 90s and, and early noughties. And she was kind of giving it beans about how this is a, you know, unique and crazy film and really drumming up how exciting it is in her introduction to the trailer. And I was thinking about it, and I was thinking to myself, does anyone really like The Werewolf and the Yeti? I mean, really like it. Even Paul Nashi, who um, was the actor, does not consider it his best film in the, in the, in his werewolf movies. It is certainly delivers to a point. There is a fight with a werewolf and a yeti. Although, for some reason, our yeti isn't white. And it has scenes of sex and violence and all the things that you you know are essential for a video nasty and yet what it doesn't include is a lot of tension i mean you read the the reviews you read tend to insinuate that the movie is in the end a little dull now i know i normally say that there is value in all films but the werewolf and the yeti is a fairly rough movie and it's true that paul nashi saw it as one of his weaker efforts not carrying the intensity of his earlier films, and I think that is why these reviews call it a bit dull. It is one of the films on the Video Nasties list that has never been re-released in the UK. And I think it's more known now as a rarity than something you need to see. That said, it is worthy of discussion, simply because of the incredible work of the rather crazy and wonderful Paul Nashie. La Meldicon de la Bastia, A Case of the Beast, is a 1974 Spanish film. And it's the eighth in the series of werewolf movies from uh, about the werewolf Count Vladimir Daniski, who's played by uh, our Paul Nashi. It's also been known as Hall of the Mountain King, The Werewolf and the Yeti, Horror of the Werewolf, and Night of the Howling Beast. The full red moon will soon shine in the sky. The demons will come out of their hiding places and their howls will be heard in the night announcing death. My men are afraid and do not wish to go. What mysteries lie hidden in legendary Tibet? What horrible demons terrorize men who don't think twice about risking their lives? Frightened 
men pray to their gods with their ritual dances against the evil spirits. The werewolf and the yeti. Karakoram is a land of ferocious and brutal men whose law is violence and crime. Larry, listen. I don't see the body, sir. Melody, or the professor. Tell me. Where are they? Alice. Sucker, come. Shut up. Death is the kindest end to those prisoners in the dungeons of the palace of the Sakar Khan, where a beautiful and evil woman submits her victims to the most diabolical tortures. We saw the body of the messenger. And he wasn't killed by a wolf. It was you. In the werewolf and the yeti, there is terror, eroticism, and adventure, bringing together the audience and the actors in a nightmarish atmosphere. The werewolf and the yeti. The yeti, the mythical being of the mountains of Tibet, meets the werewolf in a bestial and diabolical battle. Paul Nashi in his most recent creation of the werewolf. With Grace Mills, Sylvia Solar, and a great supporting cast. Only I know of a remedy for your illness. A remedy? What is it? There exists a magic plant with red flowers. When its petals are mixed with the blood of a young girl, they can cure those like you who have been contaminated by the demons of Karakaram. Love. In The Werewolf and the Yeti. It's um, much like, uh, I think it's uh, to say, like James Bond films. Um, our character of uh, Valdemar is not the kind of man who, uh, it doesn't kind of follow through with sequels as such. The movie offers an entirely new origin for our, our Valdemar's uh, werewolfism. Um, the curse is trans- transmitted by a bite of like a vampire women of the night kind of werewolfy during a sex scene. And uh, a yeti is kind of brought into the storyline. But the uh, yeti is merely something to, to face off in the battle between Vladimir and, 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 and the monster. It is a, uh, it's kind of like the catalyst to bring him there as he kind of seeks out. But, uh, and, and, and in the end gives our film its, uh, its grandiose closer as they battle to the death. So Vladimir goes to Tibet 
to look for proof that a yeti exists and gets captured by these kind of vampire women in a cave and they turn him into this werewolf by biting him. Vladimir's friends are kidnapped by a band of Tibetan pirates who torture their victims. And then Vladimir, in his werewolf form, gets to fight this yeti in in hand to werewolfy claw fight. Welcome, Valdemar. I've been so anxious for you to get here. Not as anxious as I've been, Professor. I owe everything to you. But you should have let me know. One is not always prepared for certain surprises. Well, time rapidly goes by. Sylvia is now one of my collaborators. How lucky for you. She's very pretty. Well, I'll leave you two alone. Well, I imagine you're anxious to see the tests I wrote about in my letters. Yes, I really am. I read in the papers that Silas Newman, the anthropologist, was killed at Kathmandu. Officially, his expedition was wiped out during a snowstorm. Somewhere near Dude Fukari. We had collaborated on various scientific works, and we were great friends. Yes, I heard. And the object of his expedition was to find the abominable snowman. But they failed. I'm not so sure. Silas died without being able to speak to anyone. The British consul in Kathmandu sent me this bag and this portfolio on finding my address in Silas's papers. This is the scalp of a yeti. According to his notes, Newman came across it in a remote monastery in Karakaram, a region completely unexplored. There's no doubt about it. It's authentic. Um, it is noticeable for a Nashi film that it is more violent than most. And it, it does have um, a scene, which is probably why it was got the senses sense of baiting kind of thing where a woman is has a skin flayed I'm not going to dwell too much on the film itself instead I want to talk to you about it Paul Nashi who was really called Jainito Melina Alvarez uh, was born in September 1934 and died 2009 Now she was a, was a Spanish movie actor, screenwriter, director, and he and he's noted mainly for work in horror films. He portrayed many classic horror figures, not just the Wolfman, but also Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, the Hunchback, and the Mummy. And it's, he's, he has a, a reputation as being the Spanish Lon Chaney, although reality, the reality is that um, he isn't quite as uh, as adept as Lon Chaney was. He is one of the most recognisable faces in Spanish horror, though, and stars in dozens of action films, historical dramas, crime movies, TV shows and documentaries. He wrote screenplays for most of, most of his films and directed a number of them himself. King Juan Carlos I presented Nashi with Spain's Gold Medal Award for Fine Arts in 2001 in honour of his great work. This film, he wrote... And uh, it was directed by Miguel Agas, who is known as a uh, an expert in the exploitation genre, which is probably why this film is slightly more gory and newsy driven, and obviously includes that uh, double, you know, that that uh, vampiric threesome early on as well. Minashi was born in Madrid, grew up during the Spanish Civil War. It was obviously a, a time of great turmoil 
Uh, his father was a, a ferrier, and Nashi grew up in reasonably middle class and comfortable surroundings. He became a professional weightlifter, but soon kept moved towards filmmaking. Allegedly, in his well, in his um, in his biography, he says that he was um, always drawn to the Wolfman, his favourite character from childhood, and that was dated back from when he saw Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. In his twenties, he wrote pulp western novels and drew comic books, but didn't meet with a lot of success. And it, and it, the, this period of his life was spent basically darting back and forth between weightlifting and acting but he wasn't able to clinch any major roles he was bit parts character actor uncredited bit parts in the 1961 epic King of Kings he appeared in an American TV show I Spy in 66 and there he met Boris Karloff and at that stage Karloff apparently was in ill health it was only when he was aged 34 in 1968 that he managed to get a screenplay off the ground that was to be filmed. It was a werewolf movie, La Marsa del Hombre Lobo, about a Polish werewolf named Vladimir Daninsky. And he managed to get some interest from some German producers to finance it. Nashi at the time had never ever planned to play the part of El Hombre Lobo, this doomed laughanthrope. But he ended up with the part as they couldn't find an actor with the physicality who was able to carry the role. Apparently they tried to get Lon Chaney Jr. to play it, but he was, he was at the age of 62, he was too ill to travel. This film began Nash's career properly as he wrote and starred in 11 sequels featuring the Deninsky character. And it, what it created for him was a successful base for his own acting and directing ambitions. Nashi wrote the screenplays for most of the films he starred in with this, especially these horror movies. In 1972 alone, he wrote and starred in seven films. During that, he worked with some of the best Euro horror directors, Leon Klavinsky, Javier Guerre, Juan Pica Simon. And in 76, he actually directed himself, choosing the costume drama Inquisition for his first project. He was successful at first, um, creating a number of Japanese and Spanish co-productions and made-for-TV documentaries. But by the 80s, trouble had started to strike. In 84, his films no, no longer broke even, and he, made, he lost a lot of money on a, a poor one of many spice spoofs that were knocked out at the time called Operation Mantis. It was enough to close his production company, Acuntino Films, and it was made bankrupt. Incidentally, Acuntino is a scientific term for Wolfsbane. But it was a rough patch for Nashi. In June 20th, 1984, his father died of a heart attack while fishing. Um, it kind of, I mean, it, uh, that also linked to the bankruptcy of the production company plunged Nash into depression. He didn't return to filmmaking until 1987. Um, but himself, he fell ill in 1991 and had a heart attack while lifting weights. 
It was so it, it, it was so bad that there was a rumor that he'd actually died because he disappeared from the film scene after the operation. He had to contact fanzines to actually inform them that you know he wasn't dead. His attempt at a comeback in 1996 with 11th, his 11th werewolf film, Lechentropo, um didn't do well at the box office, critically or financially. And he, had to, he was forced to work in a number of low-budget horror films and crime dramas during the decade to kind of break even. But he was still loved. A, a winner of fan awards and, and whatnot for in the US and in Europe. He was unfortunately, although loved by fans, he was um, unfortunately not able to make a lot of cash. Nashi wrote his autobiography, Memoirs of a Wolfman, and, um, and he did appear briefly in, in a couple of um, filmed on video horror movies in the US, uh, directed by Don Glutt and Fred, uh, Fred Olin Ray. And they were like, you know, horror film fans that wanted to make films and meet their heroes. And then he got a bit of work from there. He died age 75 with a terrible, in this kind of rather sad situation of having lots of people say they love his work and give him fandom. But unfortunately, not being able to kind of pull the, the cash together. He... I think he knew that he would be, to an extent, a, a horror film icon. But unfortunately, being a horror film icon doesn't necessarily pay the bills. And he died of pancreatic cancer in um, November the 30th, 2009, age 75. It's, it's incredible, these creatures. I've never seen anything like it. As you can see, this is contrary to all the descriptions that have been made of the abominable snowman. They're not really large monkeys, nor are they any other known animal. The creatures that appear in these photographs can only be yetis. There's no doubt of that. But they belong to species that's unknown. Newman was able to photograph the yeti for the first time. I shall continue his work and capture it. It will be the most important anthropological discovery of the century. There are many reasons why I wish you to form a part of this expedition. You're an anthropologist and a psychologist. And besides, you know Tibet and you speak Nepalese. You know you can count on me, Professor. Wonderful. I'm hoping that within 15 days, our expedition will be in Kathmandu. So this Vladimir Daninsky, the uh, the main character of Werewolf and Yeti, is without doubt Nashi's most favourite horror role. And as I said before, he's played that role in 12 different films. In fact, Nashi holds the record for playing the whale the most number of times, beating at Lon Chaney Jr., who only appeared as the Wolfman a total of seven times. Unlike Chaney's Universal movies, they're not. Daninsky films aren't, um, aren't don't really have any kind of chronology as such. I was saying it's kind of more like um, the James Bond thing, where you know each one's kind of like a. A unique story on its own, and they sometimes they can fare to each other, but they don't tend to. Um, and indeed, Deninsky's werewolf had a different origin story for each film. 
Inashi fans could find it a bit confusing, but you know. Um, it, but it, 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 from a sense, it did work though, because I mean, obviously, these films are produced. Your horror tended to be distributed, you know, as and when in the US. So, you know, they were they kind of um, they were almost certainly released out of order in the states on the old grindhouse and, and will drive through circuit really. The only other, um, Nashi's only other reoccurring character was a medieval warlock, Alarek de Marnak, who uh, appeared in El Espanol Serge de la Tumba and uh, was brought back to life again in Latinos de Pantios. Um, interestingly, Nashi for that character says that the character is based on like a medieval nobleman, Giles de Rey, who's a serial killer basically. Sadly, there's only 11 of the 12 Hombre Lobo films still exist. Uh, the 1968 film, La Noche de Hombre Lobo, uh, apparently has vanished into the lost film. And uh, before the film was ever shown anywhere, in fact. Uh, apparently, Nashi himself said he hadn't seen it. It's wondering whether it actually had ever existed at all in any kind of completed form. Um, the French producer of the film, René Garva, said to have died in a car accident um, in Paris a week um, a week after the film was completed, and no one picked up the lab bill. That was outstanding, so it just kind of rotted there. Nashi allegedly says that he only found out that um, the film had never been released anywhere, like years afterwards. Um, although some fans say that that film was actually, you know, rewritten and re-released as the fourth film in the series anyway, La Fiora de Hombre Lobo. Uh, apparently Nashi himself says that apparently they had the film had the same kind of plot. So, our man, Nashi, at the very least, as a part, you know, his, his life kind of ended slightly in tragedy, you know, but he was the only horror film actor who ever portrayed Dracula, the mummy, Frankenstein's monster, Fu Manchu, the Hunchback, Rasputin, a werewolf, and a zombie. He also plays a medical inquisitor, a serial killer, and obviously not to mention a werewolf in so many different films. He was a prolific, truly dedicated horror film actor. And I think that's probably where we should look at him for his most, um, most wonderful elements. Apparently Nash himself wasn't particularly happy with the werewolf and the Yeti, citing the like, uh, citing basically uh, Inguerus's direction as being a major problem. The films, when his films, kind of thought that his films were very intense and kind of a broodiness, and you know, uh, Waldemar's um, character, the Waldemar character tended to be a, a kind of a tragic kind of character, and um, that isn't really seen in this film. He's just kind of, you know, he gets lucky and then kind of desperately tries to solve the issue. Nashi had originally envisioned it to be a grand, um, epic kind of drama, you know, in the, in the mountains. Um, although the film, you know, uh, the Sitaz uh, Film Festival did give him a, a Best Actor Award for the role, but I think that might have been for him just turning up, to be honest with you. Um, the film itself is considered a rarity, and, and, and I know you can get it on YouTube now. Um, but the video itself, the video nasty, because not many people bought it because it was called The Werewolf and the Yeti, for one. 
um, and it's not you know not particularly well loved, is now quite you know is is one of the more desirable ones for the collectors of the thirty nine. Um, it's an unusual film. I mean, the concept of the werewolf and the yeti as, as, as an idea sounds, you know, kind of kind of fun, doesn't it? Kind of the kind of thing you'd see, you know, it, it kind of alludes to those kind of Europe, Europe uh, universal horrors of the 30s. And the film itself, unfortunately, isn't really like, doesn't really play up to that. For the one that sticks in the mind is that flaying scene where the character Melody has the skin stripped from her back. And it's pretty violent for what it is, although that these days it, it looks... Um, looks a little, you know, corny, a little, little cheesy. And the sex scene as well has a kind of a Euro, Euro horror gloss to it. And it's probably those two reasons why it became, kind of got caught up in the, uh, in the furore. And certainly it, it stayed on the list. It was released on cotton video by Canon in October 1982 and was added to the video Nasty's list in August 84 and remains on the list throughout the panic. So it becomes one of the collectible DPP 39s. I think it's fair to say that um, the life of Nashi is more, possibly more interesting than the um, than the film itself. Although it is telling that there's a character called Larry Talbot who was there. Uh, in the thing, and as an allusion to it, the Lon Chaney Jr. character in the Wolfman, and I think you know it. You can kind of see where the film's trying to be, but there are some films that aren't particularly loved on the Video Nasties list, and I think it's fair to say that this is one of them. But please prove me wrong if you're a, if you're a fan of the film and let me know because I'd love to to hear your views on it. I think. For me personally, I think it's it's you know he's an interesting chap, but I think the uh, it's a heroic attempt rather than one that's particularly brilliant. Right, we've got some feedback from Rob Wilson, who is a, a regular feedbacker now. It's great to have your opinions every time. Hey Chris, getting ready for the next podcast. I posted this September tenth on my Facebook page. Watched another video, nasty. This time it's 1975's Werewolf and the Yeti. It stars the Spanish horror king Paul Nashi. I haven't seen any Paul Nashi movies in years because the ones I did see were kind of boring. I'm afraid this movie will not make me run out and buy more Nashi films. Quick plot. Expedition to find the Yeti in the Himalayas goes poorly. Women in the cave are monsters. One bites Paul and he becomes a wolfman. There's a flaying of a woman's back which I'm sure what put this on the video Nasty's list. At the end there's a little fight between the werewolf and the Yeti but you will not care. I saw a print off YouTube that was clear but very dark in outside scenes. The outdoor scenes are so dark I'm not entirely sure what happened. The werewolf transformation scene is sad. The Yeti is a big dark, not white ape-like suit. Wonder if anyone else thought Nashi looks just a little bit like John Belushi and Marlon Brando. I will take a pass on this one. As always, great chat. Rob. Cheers for that, Rob. Um, I know what you mean in terms of the... Um, in terms of, I mean, it's because he's a bodybuilder, so he's just full. He's just bulking. Uh, he's a he's a big lad. He is a big lad, um, which is great for these kind of big physical roles. Obviously, the werewolf. Um, oh, it's difficult to say, isn't it? I mean, he, if you look at that cover, that that werewolf 
and the Yeti cover. I mean, you can kind of see, you know, it's a low-budget horror film. It has, unlike the rest of them, it does kind of ground itself in the kind of kind of groomer elements, and that's partly because of obviously the. Um, well, it's partly because of the violence of the film, really, and uh, you know, and, and the influence of the director. I think it's an odd film. I mean, the ending is deeply unsatisfying as well, but at the same time, I think there's an element that has to be said about it being at least an unusual ride, if nothing else, and it does deliver, at the very least, a werewolf fighting the Yeti. I don't like this. Voldemar should have returned two days ago. He might have joined up with Talbot Norman in camp number two. His mission was to explore the area of Rongbok. Besides, he had to check on the pass that Joel informed us of. He could have entered the pass and gone into Karakoram. With Valdemar, nothing would surprise us. He's done that. He's made a mistake. He hasn't taken enough provisions nor adequate materials to last. Then he has to be lost. We must go and look for him, Father. I told him not to go to Karakoram. There are things there more terrible than the Yeti. Demons with power inhabit that damned region. Joel and the Saib will not return. And if they return, they will not be human, but demons. Demons, powers, what nonsense. What the hell kind of talk is this? You surprise me, Tiger Pasang. You've been leading expeditions for years, living together with mountaineers and scientific people. The truth is, Tiger, I thought you were less superstitious. Right. Well, if you want to get in contact with me, please do. My email address... Is videonastypodcast at gmail.com or you can go to my website videonastypodcast.com or you can go to my Twitter at orange underscore monkey thanks to everyone who's been saying hello on there it's, it's been great to see um, next week we have got a uh, oh god um, I didn't realise I put them in this order um, next week is not a great one as well it's Mardi Gras Massacre, which is an unusual film in the sense that, well, it alludes more to Blood Feast than it does to Cannibal Holocaust. Let's put it that way. So, until then, take care, and I will speak to you soon. Goodbye. seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. soon shine in the sky the demons will come out of their hiding places and their howls will be heard in the night announcing death <laughs>